Hey everybody, I'm Robbie Robinson. I'm Brooks Berry. The umpires are human. The coaches, they are volunteers and we're not giving any scholarships out at all, half, partial, or full on playing time, which starts right now. This is Playing Time, a podcast about parents navigating youth sports. Let's head back to the studio and Brooks Berry and Robbie Robinson. Hey, Daddy, when can we ride our bikes together? All right, everybody. Episode three of Playing Time. The first two episodes went okay, I think. You can rate us on any of the um, any of the apps that you happen to be listening to us. Tell us you like it. Tell us you don't like it. We're working on an email address. We'll have that coming up hopefully soon. Um, we're, send us topics. Send us topics. We'd love to talk about topics. If you would like to hear what we think about things, what mainly what Brooks thinks about things and how I screw everything <laughs> up. Or, hey, That's Robbie, do you true. do the same thing? And you can, at least you'll know there's another one. Out. You, you can um, you can definitely get in touch with us and we'll get you that email address really once we get it. Um, <laughs> so the story, this is the other night. Uh, I was on Monday. Riley's pitching against the best hitter in the league. And this kid's a monster. And I'm not size-wise, but he, as they like to say, Brooks, he mashes. And Riley's 11. Riley's 11. Uh, he's little league age 12. Yep. This kid's probably about seven or eight months older than him, which even at this age is somewhat of a difference. Puberty set in? Not yet with so most of these kids in this league. Just a bigger kid. No. He's not shaving. or He's not. He's not driving himself there. Yeah. No, it'll actually be interesting, too, that uh, this will be the first year in Williamsport in the uh, Little League World Series they won't have 13-year-olds that are playing in the Little League World Series. It used to be the cutoff for the age was April 31st. So if you turned 12 between May 1st and April 31st, uh, you were Little League age. Well, uh-huh. obviously the Little League World Series is in Williamsport in August, and that is, that's, you could have, you could turn 13 on May 3rd and been 13 for May, June, July, and half gotcha. of August, you know, almost three and a half months. That's a lot. Yeah. Especially, I mean, take, take a 13, you know, 13 year, four month kid against an 11 year old. It's a yeah. lot. Anyway, so Riley's pitching and uh, he gets a kid 2 2. Threw him a good curveball that he chased at, a couple balls, and another fastball he swung and missed. And Riley doesn't throw exceptionally hard, but I think in this case, I think that the hitter was guessing with what Riley, because Riley's got a little spinner breaking ball that's enough to throw you off balance. And he throws a 2 2 pitch and the catcher's glove doesn't move. Boom, catches it. Umpire calls ball three. And I don't argue with umpires. I, I get to know their name at the beginning. We have conversations. If I think it's a, a missed call, I'll say, hey, Bob, is that inside, man? Bob, is that a little inside? Yeah, Robbie, that was inside. All right, just want to make sure. And I feel like... So you never say anything other than sort of a friendly yeah, question. exactly. Yeah, never, yeah. I, I never. I don't know if I have ever... I've argued a couple times, but only to get explanations. Like, you tell me why this happened. I've done that a couple times in somewhat intense moments because it was a big call and I felt it was wrong. But I... Don't argue with umpires. Never threw dirt in anyone's eyes. or Never kicked dirt. But in this yeah. particular case, my team was playing horrifically. Uh-huh. My son was battling against the best player in the league, and I thought he had just struck him out on a good pitch. And the guy says, that, that was high, coach. And I said, nope, that was a strike. I said, that was a strike, Heron. That was a strike, dude. Guy takes off his mask. I'm like, oh, gosh. Oh, no. Do you want to come out here and do this? It's like, no, I tried to be as like <laughs> meek and yeah. I'm sorry. Like, are you sure? Are you sure you don't want to come out here and do this? I was like, Heron, I don't, man, I do not. Between innings, I go and I, I get up to him, I put my hands on Heron, the umpire's shoulders. Like, man, I want to tell you, I'm sorry. I said, uh-huh. I, I apologize for doing that. My team's playing terribly. There's two reasons I did this. Number one, 
I was sorry. Like I, I did feel bad. I didn't want that to be, but number two, I'm still working him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm wanting to get some calls later in the game. We're getting yeah. blown out. I got to get some, I'm sorry. I just, I apologize. You know, my assistant coach kind of popped off as well. So I'm gonna make sure yeah. that he doesn't. So I go back in the dugout and uh, Riley's on deck and the way we position ourselves on deck is pretty much right to where I stand. And, and I said, Hey man, was that a strike? I said, that was a strike, right? He goes, he goes, he's like, that was absolutely a strike. And he looks at me and he said, and dad, thanks for taking up for me. I'm like, whoa. He goes, he goes, yeah, man, thanks for arguing that for me. Which that is a crazy thing. Like all of a sudden, because his dads, who amongst us do not want to be the hero, the knight with the sword that takes up for our sons. <laughs> I mean, we we yeah. search for those opportunities. And, and I got this one by arguing for an umpire, which is a real mind bender from you think about it, but it comes back down to, coaching your son. So this episode's about coaching your son, Brooks. And I have coached Riley since he was a t-ball player when he was just turned five years old, probably 10 to 12 to maybe 15 teams that I've ever played on a team. You did not coach baseball. No, never. Now I'm the assistant coach on his little travel team. Um, he, we've got a head coach that's great and he loves him. In fact, Riley and I were talking the other day. I said, Hey man, who's your all time favorite coach? I said, I want you to answer it honestly. You can totally honestly, he goes, well, Coach Garrity's probably my favorite coach. I'm like, you know what? That's fine. I was like, that's a good, he's like, no, you're my, you're my favorite little league coach. And I'm like, well, I'm the only little league coach you've ever had. He said, I think you do, you do better with kind of the the players towards the bottom of the lineup. And I'm like, well, yeah, because that's kind of what the story's all about. All right, stop talking. Exactly. I probably shut up. That's that's all I need. That's all I need to know. Uh, But I've coached Riley since then. And I, coaching your kid is an interesting dynamic. And man, you want to talk about antenna being up, especially in the rec ball world. Travel ball is different because some of the coaches are paid. Some of them are, uh, like we maybe talked about in the last episode, the, the, the coach is maybe someone that just comes out of retirement or is an old yep. baseball guy or his son's graduated, but he wants to still be around. I could see myself doing that 15 years from now when my kids are out of, out of school. Uh, but your antenna are up to watch how dads coach and watch how, you know, it, th- there's a term in youth sports, Brooks. I don't know if you know, it's called daddy ball. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When I say daddy ball, what comes to your mind? Um, it's, uh, dads that are paving the way for their own child. Yes. Through sport. And Hitting them third, yeah. playing them shortstop. And I, you know, never the baseball sitting out. world than I do, but it's the dad that, uh, you know, son plays quarterback or yeah. the dad who makes sure that his son's always in the game of basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that when, as a, as a former high school AD and both of the schools I've worked, have had middle schools. Um, the, the term daddy ball has come up a lot, not so much at a boarding school where I am now, right. but when I was at a day school, it, it came up a lot. I mean, that is a pejorative in rec ball. I mean, that, that, over there, that, that team's, there's nothing but daddy ball or even travel ball too. Like if you get daddy ball situation in travel ball, it is, it is the death knell, man. I mean, that's, no one wants to hear that. That's like, that's the lowest of blows, you know, below the waist. And so has uh, anyone ever said that about you? No, I don't think I'm, I'm transparently I'm the opposite. Like I am, I am so that part of, I'm not self-aware on a lot of things in my life. I try to be as self-aware as possible on that. Like Riley, if it comes down to like the sixth inning and Riley hasn't sat out yet. And even though I'm thinking, man, I want my best team in there in the sixth inning, I put the bench, I put the B next to Riley's name. I mean, he's, yeah. he's on the bench on that. And so, um, so that's, I, mean, I, I do. I mean, I, I think that 
in the terms of coaching your kid, like there's a lot of, so the, so the thought is, is it healthy? Like what is the, where, I mean, cause someone's got to coach the kids, but especially in recreational yeah. baseball. And you know, we, I talk, I, I put this line of demarcation between rec ball and travel ball. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we're in it to win it with yeah. our little league team and all the dads are in it to win it. You show me a little league around America or any type of rec league around America that the dads aren't trying to win and win a lot. I'll, I'd be really impressed with that. I mean, this isn't Norway. So, uh, and I think sports should, you should try to win. Exactly. I think that's healthy. And that's a, that's a podcast for another day. So (laughs) I think that, I, I think that it's, it's definitely, it's interesting, the dynamic with that and, how do you, in your line of work and in what you've seen, and we've always yeah. said, I mean, Brooks is an athletic director at Covenant. He has spent years as an athletic director at Fork Union. Uh, what draws your attention? What raises your eyebrows when you see dads coaching their son that you'd say, hey, here's some warning signs. I've yep. been in the ER when the kid comes in for falling off the bike without a helmet. This is the helmet you need to put on to make sure I don't see your kid down the line uh, because of something that's happened when you've been a coach and he's been a player. So... <clears throat> Coaching your kid is incredibly difficult. Coaching is difficult in itself. And then putting your own child in the equation is difficult. And I think usually you see two ends of the spectrum, and and you touched on one end. One, you see a dad that really favors their child, and the other one that is so self-aware that that doesn't favor the child. And what you told me, you're kind of in the middle, which I think is good. I think so. Your son is enjoying playing for you, Mm -hmm. but you're not showing favorites, which I think is incredibly tough to do uh, because uh, um, especially as you go up the ladder and playing time is more competitive. And I always think youth sports is like a funnel that narrows the higher up you go. There's less less, um, opportunities to play as you get older because you don't have as many youth leagues for 16-year-olds as you do for 8-year-olds. But uh, So the, uh, my first thought is incredibly difficult. Uh, I haven't seen many people do it well. Uh, the majority of them tend, tend to favor their kid. Even if they don't tend to favor their kid, they still get accused of favoring their kid sure. at some point. You're putting a target on your back. So that is one uh, pitfall, pitfall for the adult. For the child... I think uh, in their development, I think it's it's a great thing to coach your kid, to spend time with them, to develop a relationship. The one thing that I think, and this is going to apply to you, so, so, is, so see, buckle, <laughs> buckle up. I think it's also healthy for them to play for other people. And it sounds like you're the assistant sure. on the other team. But being able to step away and say, you know, you need to listen to him. Even if you're the dad that doesn't interject all the time, you're still there. And it's there's that comfort level because dad is always here. But for them to grow and be an independent young man or woman, I think it's good for them to deal with another adult and maybe deal with a really bad, unfair well, situation. There, I, I, a child of mine was on a team uh, recently that some could argue wasn't well coached. And I had another dad come up to me and say, you know, that was a waste of a year. I said, no, it was not a waste of a year. He learned and grew from that situation, even if it, everything didn't go his way. I could not agree with you more. And I, Riley has never had that. And he plays for I mean, the coach of our basketball team is the pastor at our church. So yeah. <laughs> good experience there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a, and so that's, that's who coaches him in basketball flag football. It's, the guy that helps me out um, in baseball. I mean, gotcha. we're, I mean yeah. he played baseball at VCU, yeah. and so he coaches flag football. So it's, I mean, there's no change there. So Riley's had this kind of pattern in his life where dad coaches baseball, 
Coach Jay coaches flag football. Coach John coaches basketball. I do somewhat yearn for the time where he might get a coach that he doesn't like. In fact, uh, he uh, he tried out for the middle school baseball team this year as a sixth grader, which uh-huh. is, I mean, the odds of him making the team were really long uh, because, A, the size of the field is much bigger than what he's doing now. There's seventh and eighth graders, and we just established a couple minutes ago how much bigger 14 and 13-year-olds are than my 11-year-old. Yeah, uh, And I think it was it was healthy because I did not get involved. Like I, There's every bit of me wanting to go to the middle school, talk to the middle school coach, Hey, introduce myself. I'm Robbie Robbins. You know, I work at VCU. I know Coach yeah. Stifler. Uh, I do the games on the radio. Hey, man, if you ever need tickets, let me know. And you know, Riley's okay. He's got a good arm, and he's a good kid. And yeah. I think you'll, you know, you'd like coaching him. And I don't want to. There's everything in my being wanted to do that, but I didn't at all. And he, which I think is very good. Well, and I, and it was a couple of things. First of all, I, I mean, I just another time. And second of all, I, I knew that I knew it was a long shot for him to make the team. So. I, and the final part is like, did want him to do it on his own. I gave him pointers, like, and I still do. I'm like, hey man, when you see that coach around campus, around the school, say, hey coach, how's baseball going? Because what happened was, you know, Riley thought for a little bit he was going to make the team. Like he had the numbers in his head. Yeah. Uh, he had he and his he and this other buddy, they were about the same skill level, uh, give or take positions. Um, and they thought, well, we're better than there's nine eighth graders that are really good. They're all going to make it. He's probably going to take 18 guys. There's six, you know, these other seventh graders, but we think we're better. And they thought they'd made it. Yeah. Well, sure enough, Brooks, the day of cuts, uh, they put the they put the um, the list on the wall uh-huh. or on the door, and they taped the list of the wall. And like, so Riley had to walk up and look and walk away, as yeah. his dad had done many times <laughs> in seventh and eighth yeah. grade. I was somewhat of a late boomer, especially in baseball, so it worked out. Uh, it worked out well. So I, I like the fact that he had a totally different experience opposite of me. Yeah. And I'd have no problem with him being on a baseball team that included a coach that rode him hard or made things tough or was more of a yeller or was less of a yeller. And I think those are all important things. You know, one thing I think there's always the worry is the kid looking in the dugout or looking at the dad. And I've had that. And man, that is, that yeah. is tough to stomach, Brooks. I'm telling you, it is hard and you want to nip it in the bud but it, it, it manifests itself like, Hey, quit looking at me or, you know, or Hey yeah. dude, you don't, I don't want you looking in the dugout anymore. I don't care if you make a mistake. Don't look at the dugout. And that happens. It happens to me a lot. And, uh, Jay, who's my buddy who coaches with me, he'll point it out. It's like Riley's over there looking at you. And I'm like, gosh, I know. And I mean, that's when you know you're in a health unhealthy situation. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of tension in a positive and negative way. I mean, I think Riley enjoys me coaching him, but I think he does always kind of peek in the dugout from time to time to to get my either approval or see what I'm going to say next or man and there's nothing worse than that when that happens and I mean to all dads out there probably if that's happening your son's looking in the dugout you're in some bad territory and I ask you like yeah. what do you think if that's ha- that's a symptom right that's, we've got we've got a sickness here I'm glad you brought this up how do you how do you eradicate oh. that sickness other than saying like I'm Guys, I'm not coaching your rec ball team anymore. This is my wife. She's going to take you the rest of the way. I'm going out to yeah. grab a Yeti and going to the back. The yeah, uh, two things. One, I used to recruit Division One basketball players. I was a college basketball coach. And one thing that I looked for when I went to watch a kid is I wanted to know where their parents were because I wanted to see how their parents were behaving in the stands. If I sign this young man, I'm I'm essentially partnering with their parents as well. But if the child kept looking at the parents in the stands other than the coach, 
I knew there was a, a cord that was gonna that was gonna be very hard to cut. And so that's a little different situation because the dad wasn't coaching, but I'm willing to bet that dad had coached his child for many years, and the son is used to valuing his opinion over everything, whether a good opinion, bad opinion, scared of his dad. Um, so I, I think the way you remedy that, cure it, is I think the dad needs to stop going and watch his son play all the time. I think you need the dad is the adult in the situation. He needs to cut the cord. And that might mean having the son get used to playing sports without them being there. I mean, that's the thread that is now somewhat being woven within the first three podcasts that we've done. Yeah. I mean, you think a purposeful, you think a on purpose not going to games. Yeah. I mean, when I would take my kids to peewee basketball and the first, when they're really little, practice is like a half hour. And there's no reason to go anywhere or 45 minutes because by the time I get back home, I got to come back. Mm -hmm. So I would sit down and they would start practicing and I would notice, and we're talking they're six and seven, they would look over at me all the time. I would just leave the gym. As much as I wanted to watch, hey, well, aren't you can healthy? he shoot a left-handed layup? <laughs> or, you know, gosh, dog, this coach. I just left because the son needs my sons and my daughter. She hasn't started. She's only four. She hasn't started playing yet. She's she's already way behind everyone else. <laughs> right, he's, he's might as well forget it. Brooks, so. um, but uh, they need to learn to listen to someone else other than me. And so I, I would go sit in the car. I would go get a cup of coffee down the road and then time it and come back. Because uh, me, I, I, I mean, thought that was out. Now, the risk that I run in, because I'm not perfect, is that they think dad doesn't care about this. Yeah, how do you? And, and so that is the tough balancing <laughs> act with this. Is you know, uh, with that said, I'll I mean, that's hard. I yeah. mean, you can't just say that. I mean, that is a hard thing to do. Yeah. I mean, because either a, I mean, there's parents out there that don't care. Yeah. And they just don't go. Or b, like what you're talking about, you purposely do it. How do you manage that? Like, if you're giving advice. Is again, I want to know the time. How many do I go to? How many do I miss? There's ten games. Is it a seventy thirty deal? Is it a, a eighty twenty? What are we doing? I mean, give me give me the give me the healthy. Show me the studies that say it's fifty fifty. And like, oh my gosh! And I mean, was there a part of you, Brooks, or maybe this is just the way you're wired? That I mean, did you not want to be in there? Of course, I wanted to see okay. my child play. Yeah, but you just you took it. You took one for the team for practice. Yeah. No, when when they played their Saturday morning games, I went and watched. And so, when uh, does that end? Um, when did the end of me? Like, yeah, when you're like, when do you like? Because you're, I feel like you're telling me and telling all these dads, I feel like I'm somewhat representing. Yeah. Hey, take some games off, guys. Go play golf on Sunday, or better yet, go spend some time with your daughter. Every situation's different. Okay, so. I I think coaching your own child is a wonderful thing. Right. If it's handled in the right way. If the child is so dependent upon you being there and is looking over at you all the time, yes, I think it's time to step away. Because Can you remedy it now? Every kid like what is What if it's different? at the beginning of the year? I mean, you're coaching. Uh, you've if, made a commitment. I well, mean, this you, really happens. I think if you've made a commitment to coach the team, is there a way I, to like? I think you need to continue on with your commitment. Uh, you don't, you don't, right. I'm not saying that, but like, but on the is kids. there a way to keep him from looking at you? Is there? A, I mean, is there a mindset? Do you think there's a? Do you think there's a a root problem that is 
that is making him do that that you could stop in the middle of coaching? Like, do you just quit um, coaching him for, you know, for the next three weeks? I'm not going to, like tonight, I, I, I coach I, Riley tonight. Yeah, do I, I go in tonight and say, I'm not going to say anything? Yeah, I I'm think just not going to say Don't anything. respond to him. Don't look at him if he's always looking. At, usually they're looking over at you for a response right. from you. You know, in basketball, hey, follow through, son. Right. Hold your follow. Right. Get on top. Yeah. Throw downhill. Exactly. Get th- your balance point. I think if you ignore, if you're, if you want to try to nip it in the butt early, you know, don't respond. Don't look at them. You know, but that's that's tough for a lot of dads because the the main reason they're coaching is because because their little Johnny's out there and that's what they're focused on. And as we talk about coaching your kid, that's a key component. Are you focused on all 12 18 guys out there or really are right. you focused on your own son and you're kind of managing I do, that I'm is a, why it's I'm so I'm a tough. C minus at that because I'm a C minus at that because so I, while you're coaching baseball well uh, if you watch like if you had a camera that followed me I think overall but there'd be little things like guys like you would that's smart that knows what to look for you would you would see it like when they're warming up right like step you know i don't i don't tell all the kids to step towards their target yeah. i don't i i but i tell riley like i don't tell little jimmy hey little jimmy i just like little jimmy you're 11 like and that and part of that's yeah. cuz there's also i mean you're only going to be able to coach them up so much i think i i feel like for my whole team i'm there to be supportive to try yeah. to get the best i can out of them to love on them uh to if i can teach them something that's fine but i but any sport you're not going to be able to do it in the pregame or during the game yeah. I do feel like for Riley, though, I play this other role of... So you coach your son a little differently than everyone else? Yes. <laughs> I do. Um, I do. I mean... And that, that's why... And you're doing a good yeah. job of coaching I mean, I, I feel... I mean, it's not awful. I yeah. mean, there's a lot worse dads. I mean, it, and I, there's a lot worse dads, but in a court of law, I think if you injected, you know, sent him pentothal in me or whatever... I would say yes. I mean, I, there Riley gets more instruction from me than the other kids get from me. And I think it is impossible to coach your own child and not do it differently. Even if you're the, you're going to be harder on him than everyone else. Sure. Or uh, when I go uh, watch my kids play sports, I watch them eighty-five percent of the time rather than the other kids. Um, that's why it came up in flag <laughs> football this year. They didn't have a coach, and Amy. My wife came to me and said, "Hey, they need a coach. Will you do it?" I said, "Absolutely not." <laughs> really? Yeah, I said. But, but you're robbing these kids of this unbelievably wise. Yeah. I mean, but I, for me and the growth. So of, you're out on coaching? No, I'll coach other people's kids. Well, you're out on coaching your kids. Yeah, I'll coach my kids in summer camps and things. That's but not that didn't count. It, it, you're exactly right. But I so they're I, playing rec basketball. They're playing I, rec basketball. Hey Brooks, we need you to coach, man. And you're like, I'm not. I'm not going to coach my kids. I don't think I will. What if everybody had that attitude? Um, then it would be run by the kids, and it would be an awesome experience, oh, just be, like it was back in the 40s and the 50s where they were playing <laughs> stickball. Sh- no, I, I don't want to draw that hard a line. If no one else would do it, I would step up. What if up you and did make- it and you caught the bug? No, I love coaching. I will coach basketball again. I know you will, but like caught the bug with your kids, and all of a sudden your text messages are like, I, hey, are we going to? Start pressing in the second quarter. I've run. This enough. is who we need to play in the second quarter, and this is who we, this is the the, the personnel. Yeah, that's. I'll never catch that bug. Wow! So you're immune to that bug. <laughs> I think so. Did you yeah. get you got inoculated <laughs> when yeah. you're the? Do, do you think your history as an AD kept you from being that? Is that the inoculation on that? I think so. 
I, th- I think I'm also not wired to to coach my kid, but also seeing the pitfalls of coaches that uh, are dads that uh, stunted their kids' growth. I mean, I can think of some big time athletes that played at the highest level, the highest levels that their dads had coached, and when they got to the highest level, they were uncoachable. I guess ultimately it goes back to, is your kid gonna take it upon himself to work hard? And that's the way, that that's the only way. Cause otherwise, I mean, if the dad, if you go daddy ball, I'm sure you saw 15, 16 year old, 17 year olds at Covenant and Fork Union that it just falls apart. Yeah. And once the, I mean, sooner or later, I'm gonna get removed from the equation. Like, yeah. I, mean, I guess I could always coach him in rec ball and we could do, and I think as he gets older that, I'll say this, like, I've had, I've had a lot of fun coaching him this year. Like I just don't feel as much stress because he's kind of, he's at the oldest level. I mean, he's the oldest, one of the oldest kids and he's not one of the oldest kids he's in the oldest age group of the league. So this is kind of who Riley, at least right now is. Yeah. And he and I both have, I think a good understanding of who he is and we've worked really, we have worked really hard. He has worked really hard, <laughs> but we have, I mean, you know, I mean, he's, I have been alongside of him working yeah. <laughs> with him. Uh, and so I feel, I feel like Feel like he feel like we've gone all in. That's, that's what I'm just gonna say. It's just oh, terrible. Man. So it's 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 a little bit. It's less pressure because I'm not worried about what he's gonna be like two years from now. Oh, he's got to. Is he gonna be that stud two years from now? It's hitting balls off the wall and hitting yeah. 700 and you know striking everybody out. Well, he's not. As yeah. it turned out, that's not where he is right now. He could turn into that. I wasn't yeah. that way either, and I kept working, and it worked out fine for me. Um, so. But so, I think sooner or later I'm not going to be there, and and I guess at that point in time it's going to see what happens. So to, to summarize and sort of give you some something I see as an end game. Summarize: it's incredibly tough to coach. Yep. It's re- it's even harder to coach your own kid. Um, it's hard to coach your kid the same as everyone else. You usually end up being loving him too much and giving him favors, or being too hard on him. Uh, you end up um, not coaching all 12 fairly. Right. Uh, you draw criticism from the parents. And then here's something, a trend that I've seen in the rapid uh, rise of, of time and commitment of youth sport is that kids get burnout really early. And, sure. And I, I think the burnout rate comes early. A lot of kids uh, get to high school and – the reason they were playing when they were young was because of dad or uh, because they were chasing a scholarship. And they get to their junior year in high school and they realize, you know what, I'm not a college player. And I really kind of did this with my dad. So you get a lot of kids that aren't enjoying high school sports as much because of how much they're pushed at a young age by their dad and then chasing the college Dream, right, which dream. those are two teasers for future podcasts, Robbie. Chasing college athletics and the early burnout rate. But I think dads pushing their kids really hard and coaching their own kid can factor into that. With that said, I think coaching your kid can be a wonderful experience. Well, and I'll say this I'll say this to you, and I'm this is not like dramatized. I actually feel this way. Like I it bums me out a little bit that there's not you know, 50 or 60 kids in Charlottesville, Virginia, they're gonna get to play for you. 
because I think you'd be a great coach. And, they, and, and maybe, I mean, yeah. and, and I think, and I mean, if you're a parent listening to this, I'm, I can't imagine you would not want your kid to play for Brooks Berry. You might not want him to come close to my team after what we <laughs> talked about in the first three podcasts, but I think Brooks, you've established, but you know, it bums me out that Noah's, uh, you know, friends aren't going to have you as a coach because coaches can be so memorable. I guess you can have other influences in their life, but I mean, the coach has such a huge influence yeah. and I mean, I would encourage you to rethink it just so those kids can have that experience of playing for coach Brooks. And when this is going to be a, this is a whole separate deep dive into who I am and right. my faults, right. but I have a tendency when I coach, I take it way too serious for the well, team. Welcome to the club. Yeah, exactly. And it's so just, I've been known to squeeze a little too tight. I'm sure parents that have had their son play for me, have said, you know, at times he, you know, maybe he got a little too wide. Never crossed the line. Sure. Never, never pulled a Norman yeah, Dale. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, none of that. But, you know, I, I don't, when it comes to my own kids, I, I want them to, I, w- I always just want to be their dad. Sure. I don't want to be their coach. Right. And as much well, as I love coaching basketball, that's a, that's a separate world. Well, when the, and when you know, George Costanza said on the, Seinfeld, the, I don't want those two worlds to collide. <laughs> when the crime rate in Charlottesville skyrockets when your kids start 16, 17, 18, we're all pointing at you for not yeah. being able to be there for that influence. Yep. The ride home. Let's do five minutes on the ride home. Yeah. Is there a strategy that you have for the ride home? That you would, well, now with Marcos, you touched on it earlier. Yep. Talking to me and my hundreds of thousands of dads that are probably wired a little bit more like me than they are like you. You get in the car. What's what is their conventional wisdom? What does your wisdom say about what the ride home should be? Uh, the short answer, the easy answer, which is way easier said than done, because I struggle with this, is that you say, "Son, you know, in your case, Riley, man, I had a great time watching you play today." Right, and you just you just get home. Abraham Lincoln would write a letter and put it in his back pocket for twenty four hours before he mailed it. So everything that you're thinking about. Just just don't say it and give it time. And maybe your son will, the emotions, he's very emotional. So maybe the emotions will come out in him and say, gosh, Dad, I can't believe I didn't strike that guy out. And then it's your chance to say, yeah, you know, you know, boy, you were trying so hard out there, but you know, your slider just wasn't working as well today. Maybe we can work on that sometime. And then wait for a better opportunity. And there could be an opportunity to offer advice, but uh, the the area I think we should avoid is getting in the car and immediately unpacking the game, right? And making your child think our relationship is really built upon the results or how I'm performing on on the field. You have to ask yourself: Does my son look forward to the ride home? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, just in, in like in your current situation, is my son looking forward to the ride home? I think Riley does, mainly because he gets my phone. Yeah, <laughs> he, gets, he gets to DJ, and so he goes straight okay. to Amazon Music and plays music, and then he goes yeah. straight to the Game Changer app, which yeah. has all his stats. Yeah. So he looks at all his stats. So I think he looks forward to it. And I say, I say, hey, do you want to talk about it? And we talk. I ask him that question a lot. It's like, hey, do you want to talk about the game on the way home? And he'll he's back and forth, which makes me think, which is healthy. I think sometimes to say, yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about it, Dad. I think that's a great question. Yeah, and like, do you want to talk? And sometimes he'll say, no, I just want to listen to music. And it's like, all right, let's just listen to music. And I mean, there's been times like he's looked at his batting average, and tears have started coming in his eyes, and tears start coming in my eyes, and I'm like wiping tears away because he yeah. sees his batting average at 210. And and like, and he's starting to realize, I mean, that's, I mean, those are great lessons and it's not, I mean, I try my best Brooks to not, you know, hammer him after games. It is hard. And I, if you're a parent and you do that, 
I think you know what's healthy yeah. and what's not healthy. And obviously staying away from that is, yeah. and is probably smart. And, you know, I mean, I think I've had some dads say, Hey, there's, you know, I just, I talked to him about little things like life things like, Hey, your body language has got to be great. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. you got to work a little harder or maybe just a little bit more focus. I don't talk about like the errors, but you know what? Like, I hear you on that and, and and you have to know your kid and whether he's going to respond to that. To me, it would be somewhat something you could say, put that in your Abraham Lincoln back pocket yeah. and let, let the emotions of the game. I mean, he's just been out there for however long, maybe in the sun, failure, success, whatever. Yeah. There's plenty of time to talk about it. I and think there's honest, certain things yeah. that have to be addressed immediately. You know, if, well, if, if it's he took bad his behavior, off and yeah. threw it on the ground. That's right. that's a different. If he told, if he asked the umpire, "Hey, <laughs> was that a strike?" Yeah, <laughs> the umpire said no, and it's yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> we can talk yeah. about that immediately. Yeah, exactly. Riley was talking to you about that. Exactly. So um, I, I think that's a, and man, but that's I mean, you got to bite your tongue. Yeah, because you want to post game it. Welcome back, everybody, in the post-game show. We're here with Riley Robson. <laughs> Riley with runners at second and third. What were you thinking there about, you know, you know what? Because we live in this talk radio culture. Yeah. And I think dads listen to talk radio, and they don't necessarily get to participate. And there's their own little talk radio incubator with their kid. And, yep. And I think sometimes it's they try to put that, it goes back to, you know, what is the smartest move for me on the way home? I think as a coach, your post-game talk should be short. Yeah, that's and, a oh, I'm glad you brought that up too. You have the next day to dive into it. I, well, exactly, or and the I, next game, yeah. or who cares? And, yeah, and I, <laughs> I mean, you're not gonna. I think, and as a dad in the car ride home, it's the same. Thing. Gosh, the post game stuff is. I, I, hey guys, we got to do a little bit better here. Got to do a little better there. Something I try to do is try to say something nice about each player. Like Julian, yeah. hey buddy, you worked real hard at those at bats. You struck out. You're getting right there on it. I've always tried to do that. Yeah. Um, the 30 minute post game talk to a bunch of 11 and 12 year olds is yeah I, to me from where I stand is not advisable ever I don't care yeah. how bad they play and in use as a youth sport coach I always paid attention to which dads did pull their son aside right after the post game talk yeah. and start chewing on them or take them I mean, back I'm, out to the I'm, field and, oh, and go hit some more balls yeah and, and that's uh, I always tried to be sensitive to those kids well the NCAA to, made that illegal and I mean, like coaches can't take their teams off of a road trip and practice. Really? Yeah, like well, you can't get off the bus after getting back from losing to whoever and go back into the practice gym uh, and run, you know, run sprints man, or whatever. It's illegal to do that. I can remember returning from Notre Dame one one time, and yeah, we went straight to the practice gym. So, <laughs> all right, Brooks, good stuff again. We got our third one in the books. Enjoyed it. We my invite friend. everybody to go back and download the other ones if you missed it, including our initial episode, the preview episode, which tells you a little bit more about Brooks and myself and what this podcast is all about. Because for Brooks, I'm Robbie, and both of us are sitting here playing time.